This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Monday, February 14th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. Good morning. I'm Jeff Nally. Here's today's headlines. House GOP members ask EPA to protect dicamba usage. Biden unveils Indo-Pacific strategy. House Republicans appeal to EPA to protect dicamba usage. Representative Jim Baird of Indiana, the Republican, 65 of his Republican colleagues are urging EPA to take steps to ensure growers can continue to use dicamba in over-the-top applications. The agency announced in December that it was considering further restrictions on the herbicides, saying in a report that measures imposed for 2021 had failed to reduce complaints of herbicide drift. In a letter to Administrator Michael Regan, the lawmakers claim that report is flawed and fueling litigation over the weed killer. They also note that farmers have already placed orders for the chemical to use during the upcoming growing season. We urge the EPA to abandon its path of recent actions on this critical crop protection tool and to work with state regulators, grower organizations, and registrants themselves to ensure these products remain on the market and available to growers, the lawmakers say. EPA hasn't set any new restrictions for the 22 growing season. The agency said in December that training programs using the 21 restrictions should continue. Biden unveils Indo-Pacific strategy with little for trade. The White House on Friday released an explanation of the core tenets of its much-anticipated Indo-Pacific strategy aimed at tightening U.S. relationships with key allies such as Japan, South Korea, Thailand, and India. Groups like the U.S. Chamber of Commerce were not expecting the strategy to be anything like free trade agreements that would increase access to foreign markets for U.S. exports, and they were proven correct. The strategy aims to improve Indo-Pacific prosperity and security, as well as build the region's ability to deal with transnational threats. While President Biden's Indo-Pacific strategy provides a broad-brush foreign policy approach for this important region, the outline for building closer economic ties remains vague, says Sharon Boomer-Lardison, founder of Ag Trade Strategies, LLC, and former assistant U.S. Trade Representative for Agriculture Affairs and Commodity Policy. Certainly, it appears that the administration at this time is not looking to negotiate a trade agreement that will help U.S. agriculture compete with countries in the region, she said. Expanding market access opportunities through new trade agreements would diversify export markets and strengthen prices to the benefit of America's farmers and ranchers. Survey. Cotton acreage to expand amid soaring prices. Farmers are expected to increase cotton acreage by about 7% this year as growers try to take advantage of prices that are the highest they've seen in years. According to the National Cotton Council's annual survey of planting intentions, farmers are expected to plant about 12 million acres this spring, up from 11.2 million acres in 2021. 
Southern farmers have a number of good options this year. Prices for soybeans, peanuts, and corn are also strong. NCC economist Judy Campici says farmers in the southeast and mid-south will shift a bit from corn to cotton, while growers in the southwest will plant more cotton and less wheat or sorghum. Cotton prices have been running $1.25 a pound in recent days, about double the average price in 2019 and 20, as well as above last year's average of just over 90 cents a pound. It's good to have options, Alabama producer Mike Tate said of the strong commodity prices farmers are seeing. He noted that fertilizer prices and other production costs are much higher as well. Now take note. Cotton producers are heavily dependent on exports. The industry's facing the same supply chain disruptions as other sectors. A large portion of the U.S. crop is shipped via the heavily congested port of Long Beach. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak after this. Located in Washington, D.C., Watkinson Miller has been providing legal services to the agriculture industry for more than 30 years. The attorneys at Watkinson Miller possess a unique combination of knowledge, skills, and experience working with commodity boards and their partner organizations and the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Watkinson Miller is proud to serve the agriculture community by delivering top-quality legal services that achieve cost-effective results. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. Canada truckers took toll on meat trade. Canadian authorities cracked down over the weekend on truckers blocking bridges to the U.S., which will be a relief to U.S. and Canadian beef and pork traders who ship almost all of their products by truck. Blockage of the Ambassador Bridge was of primary concern to U.S. exporters because it's the gateway to Toronto and traffic has been diverted for the past week to the smaller Blue Waters Bridge, says U.S. Meat Export Federation spokesman Joe Shuley. That was creating significant delays, forcing some U.S. exporters to put off shipments. The U.S. sent roughly a billion dollars worth of pork to Canada in 2021, Shuley said. And it's not just meat that has been impacted. You've got a lot of agriculture trade taking place at those crossings, whether it's feed grain, feeder pigs coming south, or feeder cattle going north. FSA chief. Fertilizer shortage could lead to CRP enrollment. High fertilizer prices could lead more producers to consider taking their land out of crop production and enrolling it in CRP. Farm Service Agency Administrator Zach Ducheneau said in an interview with AgriPulse. The price of fertilizer is skyrocketing right now, he said. I think that's actually going to probably drive more folks to look at CRP as an option. However, Ducheneau said it's still very early to tell what CRP enrollment will look like until the general sign-up closes March 11th. Enrollment began January 31st. The grassland sign-up starts April 4th and ends May 13th. Now keep in mind, corn and soybean prices are also soaring, and that could in turn discourage farmers from taking cropland out of production. Here's today's They Said It. A senior Biden administration official trying to describe the Indo-Pacific strategy in relation to the Biden administration's China strategy said, quote, 
we recognize the limitations in our ability to change China and therefore seek to shape the strategic environment around China by building a balance of influences that advances the future we seek while blunting Beijing's efforts to frustrate U.S. objectives and those of our partners. Well, that's Daybreak for this Monday, February 14th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Gary Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Galley.